0: I'm Alicia. And I'm Ashley. And we are Murder Nerds.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another week here at Murd Nerds. Thanks for joining us again. And if you're a regular listener, we love you. Right? Mm-hmm. I
0: love you. <laughs> and
1: jeremy says we love our um, new so- listeners too oh well i said if you're new here and you don't know what's going on we'll learn to love you i didn't put that but i'm adding it in <laughs> okay murder nerds is a weekly true crime podcast that covers cases of the bizarre missing and unsolved from around the world and each episode is led by either myself or or my co-host and lifelong best friend, Ashley. And at the end of each episode, Ashley, our producer, editor, and fan favorite, Jeremy, discuss the stories and our opinions about Seriously, the episode.
0: He is a fan favorite. Every Everyone that compliments me, like, personally, isn't complimenting me. They're like, oh, I really like your Facebook. Jeremy's so funny. We literally <laughs> like this Jeremy. Yeah. About like, Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy. Then go listen to his podcast then. God. <laughs> Listen,
2: listen, listeners, thank <laughs> you so much. I love all of you two. I'm happy to be here. And let's go ahead and get that petition around to get my face on <laughs> the know, sticker. I know,
0: <laughs> well, I know two people that it for you. Oh, so. for sure. Four.
2: I appreciate four. all of the all the signatures. Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> um, if our audio is a little wonky today, it is because we are um experiencing a Pretty gnarly blizzard outside, and um, we decided to record virtually. So we are not in studio. Jeremy is not in studio.
2: I'm in my I'm in my cave. I'm in where Indiana Cheese fans record and Golden Image record.
1: It's all about them cheese fans, baby, mm-hmm. <laughs> baby. Uh, Ashley and I are in a place. A studio, <laughs> essentially, a, a different place. But um, yeah, so another donated
0: space. We've got we've got people who love us. Yes, we do. We're very lucky. Uh,
1: so yeah, let me introduce you to my sidekicks for today's episode. Ashley and Jeremy, tell the people hello and give them a fun fact about yourself.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll go first. <laughs> um, hello. A fun fact about myself um do you have one
2: jay um about you a fun fact about you a fun fact about ashley let's see (laughs) ashley's fun to sit down and just have a nice conversation at dinner um yeah
0: are you trying to ask me out on a date jay (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying for any potential suitors out there that uh, <laughs> Ashley is a very nice dinner date. We did, uh, it wasn't a date date. You know, we didn't get, there was no special treatment after I bought her supper, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> but, okay, uh, you? you know,
2: for all the suitors out there, she's a lovely dinner date.
1: Well, why don't you tell a fun fact about Jeremy? Since he said a fun fact about you.
0: A fun fact about Jeremy: In Jeremy's kitchen, there are a plethora of what? Plethora? Yeah. Let me emphasize whatever syllable yeah. I want. <laughs> God. Um. Yeah. A plethora of odd named energy drinks. Question mark.
2: Oh, my six pack.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right? Yeah. Yep.
0: Name one. Name a fun one.
2: Name a fun. Wait, I, uh, I only, you, I only have hover? the one. I only have the one six pack.
0: Oh, isn't it like? Or
2: what? The, what did you just say?
0: I don't know. You say you
1: what? You can it is. say it. We're the.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, you have to. You have to bleep that out, Jay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we can we have to bleep that out but i can say that i have a six pack of pussy
0: oh i see i was right okay that's what i said
2: (laughs) and it's got a golden rocket sitting on top of it so i mean you know go figure that one that's in my that's in my kitchen yeah what it was, mm-hmm. th- there is a joke behind that. Did, did I tell you the? Did I tell you the story?
0: I think you did, but I don't remember it.
2: Yeah, my buddy, you know, my right. buddy Scotty T, who was on, you might notice him from all the uh, Golden Image Vintage episodes. Um, he actually uh, used to keep a grocery list on his refrigerator. So when we go to his house, I'd always put on there. Just pick me up a six pack of pussy, <laughs> and, and he he found, he found it. It's in an energy drink, and it's a six pack. That's and then, serious. and then he showed up with the golden rocket. I don't know, like he found that at like family, like Dollar Tree or something like that. So he's like, "You need this to go on top of that." And I'm like, definitely. So there you go.
1: Oh boy, <laughs> who else
2: has that? And there ain't no one in their household that have that just sitting around. That is no, a th- no, that's no, a no. Think I did, piece.
0: I do know <laughs> someone that had a bumper sticker that said, "This car runs on pussy juice and Mountain Dew." <laughs> i will not name Uh, names but
2: (laughs) um i want to i'm trying to think someone the other day said said something about uh their beard and their husband called it their flavor saver and i just i died and it was it wasn't the fact that it was what you know what you're thinking she was thinking is because he just kept food in
0: Oh, ew, that's what I thought too. Now it's you. Uh, <laughs> I've never thought about it like that, Jay.
2: Oh, sorry. I
0: always thought it was food. Mm-hmm.
2: No. you never ew. taken okay, a mustache wait. ride, no, there.
0: No. Shut up. <laughs> if you have to ask, you're too young to know. Um, No, my fun fact is I collect vinyl. I collect you collect vinyl. what? Vinyl? Like uh, oh. records? Vinyl records?
2: I see. I did not know that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: we will have I've to make to it we'll, we'll have to make a trip up to the south bend record show sometime
0: yeah i wanted to go last time i didn't
2: they're good they're great uh i don't really have a fun fact uh fun fact is is that uh when i was on vacation i went to sweetwater and bought myself a new orange amplifier so there you go
0: <laughs> when you're on vacation you see so went to a sweetwater other than the gigantic one we live near
2: no that's the one i went to
0: oh, okay okay
2: I went to Sweetwater. I wandered around and I love that place. So I love adventure. I love going to places like that.
0: Before we start this
1: week's case, we're going to start off the show like we do each week with a little warm up question. Stop looking, Ashley. This week's question is. If you could own any kind of exotic pet, what animal would
0: you choose and why? We shouldn't be able to see ourselves on here. It's far too distracting. <laughs> what exotic mm-hmm. pet and why? Now, does it have to be a legal exotic pet? Because, like any kind of there's moral pet. issues with it. It's like if they're like on the endangered list and you're not allowed to have them as pets in this. Those don't apply. Right? Yeah, in this okay. universe. Okay. That's what I was hoping. Uh, what's yours, Jay? Do you have one?
2: Uh, (laughs) Oh, um, you know, I'm just fascinated with the, uh, and Dean cock and rock bird It is a beautiful bird. I have to tell you about it sometime.
1: I'd love to hear about it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Obsessed. I'm obsessed. It's a beautiful bird.
0: And Dean cock on the rock.
2: Cock of the
0: rock. Cock of the Rock. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. I've uh I've not heard of that one. That bird. Hmm. Um. Mine would probably be some kind of really super cute little fox.
1: Yeah. That was what my what mine was gonna be. It's I like love a little fox. dog, but it's also like a little cat. Foxes are my favorite. Yeah, and they're really tiny, and they them. they do that. They do do that, but they, they double pee
0: everywhere. Yeah, well so do fucking dogs. So Not I mean, as my bad dog as... doesn't, but or a wolf. Wolves wolves and and foxes. I almost said Have you ever yeah. seen a wolf next to a standard husky? Yes. They are fucking massive.
2: It's true. They if are that, pretty big. That would
0: be that's too dangerous.
1: Well, you want to hear about dangerous.
0: Uh okay, I pick whale. <laughs> I want a whale. Go big or go home, right?
2: Where would you put it?
0: In the ocean, it'd just be my pet, bro. I would just like ride it around, Duh. like
2: Aquaman. You just ride it around, like <laughs> stand up on it. Yeah, I'll
0: wear the tights and the gloves. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you want to try? You want try trident too? You know, or on my
0: nipples. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> now there you go, listeners. Imagine that.
1: Mm. Someone do a fan art of it. Oh God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I think somebody should do a fan art of that. That'd be amazing. <laughs>
1: So, speaking of exotic pets, this week we are diving into a case that may make you rethink owning a not-so-normal pet. And this is an animal that I have mentioned before that I am terrified of. Oh, I know what it is. I've also teased several times that I would eventually cover this case once I got the nerf to because it makes me that uncomfortable.
0: Is
2: this a smiley? The smiley smiley. creature? Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. It is a
1: smiley creature.
2: Yeah? Is this the one you showed me pictures of before? Oh, wait, anyway. Anyways, go ahead. It It could be. Maybe we were talking about something else. I don't know. know. We talk
0: so much. We have
2: have spent some time together.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So my sources today are the Wikipedia article about Travis the Chimpanzee, the Mile Higher podcast, the New York Times Magazine titled Travis the Chimp, the Wild One. NBCnews.com, the Los Angeles Times, and Jane Goodall.ca.
0: Good old Jane Goodall. Good old CA.
1: So, for a large number of people, owning a primate is a dream come true, right? Yes. Even the, the bare naked ladies song, If I Had a Million Dollars, mm-hmm. they sing the lyrics, If I Had a Million Dollars, well, I'd buy you a monkey. Haven't you always wanted a monkey? A lot of people really give into that dream.
0: Yeah, that's pretty, that's fairly popular, especially among like richer people. Yes, exactly. Sanctuaries. yoga. So
1: now before I get into the story itself, let's do a quick overview of chimpanzees, which is the primate species that is the center of all of this. And this is some information that I read on the National Geographic website uh chimpanzees are a species of great apes that live across Africa they are the closest relative we have on earth sharing 98.7 percent of our genetic blueprint which is
0: pretty big that's (laughs) why she always hated them or still hates them I do anything much like humans human like I don't like it even the cute
1: little tiny ones the real cute ones the tiny the monkey they're monkeys those ones are monkeys they don't bother me as much it's apes gorillas chimpanzees bobos or whatever they're called they're all they make me un un uncomfy um so they are very similar to humans and that means that they are also very social emotional creatures they live in communities led by an alpha male and other males they grow to be anywhere from an average of four foot tall to five foot five inches and for the record i am five foot five inches tall So if you're standing next to me, just imagine me as a chimpanzee. I'll
2: never get that out of my head.
1: (laughs) Um, On average, they weigh anywhere between 70 and 130 pounds. And chimps can live to be between the ages of 30 to 60 years old.
0: Oh, really? I thought it was longer than that. They live a
1: pretty long lifespan. Yeah. So according to the evolutionary biologist, Alan Walker, chimps are four times as strong as humans that are the same size as them. So um, this has to do with how their muscles form. The muscle fibers in chimpanzees grow close to the bone, which makes them denser and allows for a more powerful strike within that same range of motion that a human could. But the issue with this is that they don't have as much control of their muscles. So they end up using more than they should. Kind of like a... You know, they they don't know their own strength kind of thing. Um, so when they become upset, like, say, if their territory is threatened, they, for lack of a better term, like, overkill the situation. That makes sense. Yeah. Not only are they strong, but they are fast, and they are able to maneuver really easily. Um, these things paired with their four giant, sharp canines and a bite force Of 1,300 PSI, and for reference, humans have a bite force of about 160 PSI. So this is more than double.
0: That's crazy. Yeah,
1: chimpanzees are just simply dangerous. But despite this, chimps are still the closest animal to us. Um, They feel empathy, they show concern for family members, and often even strange other creatures, like strangers. They hug, show love, they care for one another. They seem to feel emotions like excitement, joy, sadness. Some chimps in the wild have even been seen applying medicine to the wounds of an injured chimp. Mm -hmm. Um, They've adopted abandoned babies and take care of those babies as their own. And when they see a member of their family or their troop um, upset or stressed out, they will hug them and cuddle them. Like, like Aww, humans do.
0: That's really sweet.
1: So in my opinion, it's safe to say that keeping a chimp as a household pet is probably not the wisest decision. I, I agree with that. Yes. But, Jane Goodall, who famously lived with, st- lived with, studied, and researched chimpanzees in the wild for 47 years, stated, We've been saying for years that chimpanzees aren't pets. As babies, they're cute and you can dress them up but then by the time they get to be about five or six, they're as strong as you are. And they don't wanna be a human child, they want to be a chimp. Mm -hmm. They're wild.
0: Yes. The evolution is wild, it's Mm -hmm. not domesticated. Exactly. cats and dogs. Exactly. But for some people, they
1: don't heed the warning and they still follow their dream of sharing their home with a chimpanzee. And today we're gonna talk about a woman who did just that. So Sandra, who goes by Sandy and her maiden name was Bella. Um, her married name was Harold. She grew up an only child. She was born in Stamford, Connecticut on May 8th, 1938. Her parents, George and Lillian Bella owned a, fa- a fairly famous bakery in Stamford, but, um, they were also huge animal lovers. They owned a lot of, uh, farmland, they had farm animals, and Sandra grew up taking care of the farm and growing to love animals just like her parents did. It's most noted that Sandra loved taking care of the horses that her family had and helped raise a German Shepherd puppy named Gretchen, who she grew up with as she became, you know, an older adolescent and teenager. Immediately out of high school, Sandy got married, and soon the marriage failed, and they got divorced. And then shortly after that, Sandy remarried and was absolutely in love with her second husband. In 1961, Sandy gave birth to a daughter that she named Suzanne, who went by Sue. And although she was completely content in this marriage, Sandy and her second husband were always, always fighting. So most of the fights were due to her husband's constant infidelity. So after four years of marriage, Sandy decided it was best to end the marriage and they failed for divorce. In 1968, at 30 years old, Sandy married her third husband, who was Jerome, but he went by Jerry, Harold. Um, and Jerry was kind, he was caring. He gave Sandy and her now seven year old daughter everything that they could ever want. And Jerry even raised Sue as his own daughter. So Sandy felt like she had finally found her soulmate. Third time's a charm. <laughs> right. <laughs> So while trying to start their own businesses, Jerry, Sandy, and Sue moved in with Sandy's parents who still lived in that farm on in Stanford. And after several failed attempts, one business finally stuck and it became really successful. And it was a towing business and automotive repair shop. So this business did so well that Sandy and Jerry ended up becoming millionaires. I know. Yeah. Right. Imagine like having an
0: automotive towing business and just it blowing up like that. Yeah. What area were they in again? Connecticut? That's yeah. a money area. I think. Is it really? I mean Connecticut in general. It's like yeah,
2: Greenwich, one? Greenwich up in that area is, is all And you said um, Stanford?
0: Stanford? Stanford. Stamford. Not Stanford like they <laughs> it's still down <laughs> with Whitey <laughs> Tidy. <tighty. You> know? <laughs> <laughs> Hoity toity, Whitey Tidy. Hoity Toity, Whitey Tidy.
2: <laughs> whitey Tidy.
1: Anyway, so since Sandy had a deep history with horses, she began raising her own horses as a hobby, and this led Sandy to taking her horses to local shows and competitions, and they would do barrel races. They would go to rodeos. Um, Sandy became very good at what she was doing and started traveling to bigger shows. So while at Loretta Lynn's Traveling Rodeo in 1971, Sandy met Charlotte Nash. At the time, Sharla was only 18 years old, but she was a rodeo cowgirl her entire life. And she left home at only 17 years old to follow and perform shows all around the country. Have you ever
0: watched barrel racing?
1: Yeah, it's nuts. It is crazy. Those pitches
0: are crazy.
1: It's nuts. so charlotte and sandy immediately clicked they both loved animals they both shared the same passion for the rodeo so it was no surprise that they became instant friends and they traveled alongside one another during the competition and the shows around the country so during one of the shows along their journey there was a performance that changed sandy's entire life charlotte and Sandy watched as a chimpanzee dressed up as a cowboy was riding a horse around the rodeo ring and they both loved this whole performance um they loved the chimp and after the show they were able to meet him even uh giving him gummy bears right out of their hands so sandy was in complete awe naturally i mean you're seeing this little critter just like come up and eat gummy bears out of your hands wow amazing Mm -hmm. changed your life um and it seemed that he was in awe of Sandy just as much because at the next performance they were at um, during the show, there was another performance with the chimp and he spotted Sandy in the crowd. He jumped down off the horse, ran to her and jumped into her arms.
2: Oh,
0: yeah. because she gave him gummy bears.
1: Mm-hmm. They had like a bond. That's sweet. right. Yeah. Sandy's daughter, Sue, who is now a teenager, also started barrel racing with her mother and traveling across the country, performing and competing. And when they weren't traveling, Sandy and Sue worked alongside Jerry at the auto and towing business, which was as successful as ever. The family was very close. Everybody was happy. Everybody was doing wonderful. So while working at the business, Sue took a liking to one of the employees. They eventually fell in love. They got married and they moved away. And this just broke Sandy's heart because um, they had done all of this stuff together for Mm -hmm. so long. They were like best friends. This was her only child. She grew up an only child. Um, They
0: had that same hobby they did together. Exactly. That's really sweet.
1: And now her only child is moving on. And during the same time, both of Sandy's parents passed away. So Sandy was dealing with Mm. like, Yeah, a lot of heavy emotions, feeling different forms of loss and loneliness. And now, sometimes when you're telling a story, you have to come to a stopping point because two roads are going to intercept and become one. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's change gears just a little bit and get off the topic of Sandy and the Heralds. And then we're going to talk about the star of the show, Travis. So. Coco, Travis's father, was caught in the jungles of Africa and imported to the United States in 1975. He was brought to Festus, Missouri, to Mike and Connie Braun Casey's compound. Um, And this compound was a private home turned exploitive business.
0: So it was all just for for kicks. Yeah, there was no. okay.
1: Yeah. Um, In my opinion, it was an exploitive business. Business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Connie started a pet shop in the '60s and then slowly made her way into getting a hold of a chimp. So Coco was her first chimp, and she paid twelve thousand dollars for him. And she also bought another chimp that was a female who was named Bridget, and she paid sixteen thousand dollars for Bridget. So Mike and Connie started breeding the two and then selling those babies for forty to fifty thousand dollars a piece. Okay, Um, that is
0: insane. Yes.
1: Between then and 1981, they sold between 15 to 20 baby chimps. They recall, they think.
0: (laughs) Um, So it was probably a lot more than that. Yeah.
1: Then they started calling themselves (laughs) a sanctuary. And we're taking in chimps that were either too old to perform in circuses, uh, were surrendered because their owners couldn't keep them or um, taking any chimps that may be in harm's way, like having medical research testing done on them. So Travis's mother, Susie, was one of those retired circus animals. Mike and Connie ended up with about 23 chimps by 2001. So they would often take these chimps to places like nursing homes to perform. Uh, They allowed them to be hired to go to birthday parties. Danger! Oh, my. Yeah, (laughs) they attended other events where they could put on these shows. And uh, in 2001, Mike Casey stated that the couple were paid $13,000 for a greeting card photo shoot of the chimps. Insanity. Absolutely. Money, money, money,
2: money, money, money.
1: Yeah. Yep. So these people have an entire wild story themselves, including several attacks. And in 2001, Travis's mother, Susie, escaped the compound along with two other chimps. Um, and I believe one of them was Coco, but I don't know for sure. Um, the trio ran to a neighbor's property and his name was Jason Coates. He was 17 years old. They trapped him inside of his vehicle and began attacking his dog. So when confronted, Susie turned on Jason. Um, Jason did the only thing that he could do to protect himself. And he ran into his home, grabbed a gun, and shot Susie three times and killed her. Oh, no. Jason was found guilty of animal abuse and property damage, serving a month in jail. But he never changed his story and stuck to the animals being dangerous. And he was only protecting himself. He was,
0: they were on his property. Yeah. But they were not his. No. She and they, should have gone to jail for... So there were two conflicting that stories. was so messed up.
1: Um, One of them was that Connie ran after the chimps and tried to get Jason to not shoot her. And then somebody shot a tranquilizer dart at her. I don't know if that was Jason. I don't know if that was Connie. And that she was Connie or Susie was just sitting in the yard playing with grass. And then he shot her. Or there was a story that um Susie it was erratic because of the tranquilizer and turned on Jason and went to attack him. Mm-hmm. Um But either way, people were saying like he was a money killer because these are this was how these people made their money. And it's like these are animals, these are like real life Yeah, beings.
0: And that's not like, well, it was in the 80s, is that what you said? No, so 2001. Yeah. yeah, that's fucked.
1: So I think it's safe to say we have a uh like Tiger King kind of situation going on here with this family but back to travis travis was born on october 21st 1995 um i'm not sure how sandy and connie were introduced but when travis was born connie called up sandy and said your baby's arrived and it's a boy so weird uh when that's really weird yeah When Travis was three days old, Connie tranquilized Susie, took Travis, and sold him to Jerry and Sandy for $50,000. And they traveled from Connecticut to Missouri to pick him up. Wait a second. Took Travis? Travis is a human. No, Travis is a chimpanzee. Did
0: you miss that part? (laughs) I thought Travis shot Jason. Oh, shit. Okay, I am so sorry. It's okay. No, okay. okay. Travis is the I'm chimpanzee. Back on track. He's the star of the show. Yep, I'm back on track. Okay.
1: So, um, yeah, Jerry and and Sandy flew from Connecticut to Missouri. They got a rental car, drove to Connie's sanctuary, mm-hmm. and picked Travis up when he was three days old. So, side note about why this is so awful. Chimp babies are attached to their mother for the first five months. They do not leave their mother at all for the first five months. They begin to walk on their own at about six months, but they still stay and depend on their mothers. Um, they don't get weaned from their mother's milk completely
0: until they are five years old. Five, five years, years? Old. Yes. So they really are in line with humans, even in that sense. Yes. Yep. I mean, five's a little old, but that's just a matter of opinion.
1: Yeah. There's like this old wives tale that you're not supposed to wean your children until they start losing teeth because these, your, your baby teeth are called your milk teeth. And then once your baby starts losing teeth, that's when you're supposed to wean them. But that's just an old wives. It's all preference, whatever right. you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and even when they stay close to their mother, even though they still stay close to their mother for the first decade of their life. So this isn't like, it's just like humans. Like we, you know, pretty much stay near our parents, our entire lives for the most part. Um, So they need this bond. So with Travis being pulled from his mother at three days old, he had a horrible start to begin with. And I'm sure knowing the emotional complexities that chimps have, this caused his mother to be distraught as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's just awful, horrible, evil, in my opinion. Maybe that's why they escaped. Yeah. Because it wasn't, I mean, they're not stupid. So She's got emotional damage. Mm -hmm. So Sandy started calling the newborn chimp her son. That's not weird at all. Not at all. And then she named him Travis after her favorite country star, which is Travis Travis Tritt. Tritt.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I know that. It's really (laughs) (laughs) not.
1: When she first held him in her arms, she just started crying hysterically because she was overcome with happiness. And then they headed back home to Connecticut.
0: My creep level's through the roof right now.
1: It's a little weird. So Sandy and Jerry instantly began treating Travis like he was their child. Uh, Sandy bottle fed him. She burped him. She put him down for naps in a crib. They bought him an extensive wardrobe. They changed his clothes regularly. He was essentially their baby. Right,
0: I mean, well, then that would be the best way to go about it, essentially, aside from, like, cute clothes and sleeping
1: yeah it's a little
0: weird
2: yeah. I bet he I bet he had a bow tie he looked super <laughs> like, cute with a weird. little bow tie <laughs> oh god
1: so they kept track of his growth milestones just like you would an infant uh the first time he rolled over on his own the first time he took his first steps and they also tracked the first time that he did like chimp things Um, like when he was able to crawl on his feet and his knuckles for the first time. And Travis was learning so quickly that they began to broaden his abilities. They started teaching him how to do more human-like things. So um, they started teaching him certain words. Obviously, he couldn't say those words, but he knew what they meant. Mm -hmm. Um, He was brushing his teeth. Well, they can
0: learn sign language too. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, He began to use the toilet. He took baths. He ate at the dinner table alongside them. Travis would even go on trips shopping with them, like uh, going out to or go on trips like shopping, go out to eat at a restaurant. And Jerry and Sandy just treated Travis like a human, forgetting that he was still a chimpanzee, no matter how much they wanted him to be their son. Mm -hmm. So Travis seemed to also forget that he was a chimpanzee because he was able to get his own drinks. He got his own food out of the kitchen. He was going to the extent of making his own meals in the microwave. He ate oatmeal for breakfast every morning that he prepared.
0: <laughs> Jay, it's creepy.
2: Why? He did what? Yep. Wow. Yep. He's like
0: a, like a bachelor now,
2: right?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, he uh, loved to eat better than most human people. He ate lobster tail. And filet mignon; those were his favorite foods. He also had a sweet tooth. He was eating taffy daily and stopping the ice cream man when he drove past and would get ice cream from him. Are
0: they omnivores? Or are they herbivores? They're omnivores. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. What animals do they
1: eat? Oh, like fish? Probably like different rodents and birds and stuff. Huh?
0: They eat? I ants. just thought they ate bananas. So. <laughs> <laughs> just
2: kidding. <laughs> It's just bananas all the
0: time. All the time. (laughs) All day. Donkey Kong, baby. (laughs) So
1: Jerry started teaching Travis all the same things that you would teach your own child as they became an adolescent. Uh, Travis learned to play catch with a baseball. He learned how to ride a bike. And then he began to teach him to mow the lawn with a lawnmower. He um, knew how to feed the horses and kept. The, the farm going um they went as far as to teach him how to drive their car it wasn't uncommon to see sandy and jerry going on a cruise in their corvette with travis behind the wheel
0: oh my god hey,
2: do you think they had to talk with him
0: <laughs> i don't even know how to respond to that
2: I'm just travis, saying. he's <laughs> gonna <laughs>
0: just ignore completely
1: One of Travis's favorite pastimes was watching TV. He loved watching sports, especially baseball. And he did this thing when Sandy was on the phone because he really liked attention that and annoying her because he thought it was funny. Mm -hmm. He would flip through the channels with the volume turned all the way up and like she would laugh about it and think it was so funny. Um, And he went everywhere with Sandy. They would take trips to the beach and Sandy would think it was so funny to put Travis in a blue bikini and fake big gold earrings. They just thought for some reason that was hilarious. Hmm. Yeah. So Jerry and Sandy were obsessed with Travis, to say the least. They remodeled their house just for Travis. He had his own room that was caged and inside the room was a big bed, a big overstep chair that was was his favorite place to sit. Um, there was, was a tire swing, there was ropes, there was all kinds of different toys. The room also led out to an enclosed, a big enclosed outdoor area so Travis could kind of just come and go as he wanted to. Uh, most nights though, Travis slept on a mattress that the couple had put on the floor just for him. So uh, when Sandy and Jerry weren't home, they would block off the area that wasn't part of Travis's suite and he would have full run of his room in the outdoor area. And the outdoor area also had ropes, swings, and all kinds of activities that they hung from these huge oak trees that were in their backyard. So Sandy and Jerry didn't leave Travis alone very often. He was part of their family and they didn't like him being Home by himself, so every day they would take him to work with them at the auto shop. Which, of course, everybody loved Travis. Freaking weird. It's so weird. Why don't they just have another baby?
2: Could he change an alternator?
1: Old at this point, like older. Oh. Her her daughter was like grown. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the employees loved Travis. No one minded their extra help is what they they called him the extra help and he was there so often that they converted a storage room that was located on the second floor of the shop to his own playroom it included a trampoline
0: um ropes tire swings the whole shebang if you think about it that would be really cool not thinking about the repercussions of what or the you know possibilities of what could happen yeah that would be a pretty freaking cool situation like if you worked there And we're able to be like a part of that, that would be cool. Yeah.
1: Who can say they? I just think it's very irresponsible. Are dealing with, you know, they got a chimp at work. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So.
2: (laughs) He could do a break job. Watch out. He can do (laughs) your entire breaks.
1: I just didn't envision him in like the uh, the overalls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. With a monkey (laughs) wrench. (laughs) Yeah. So, Sue. The daughter ended up Mm -hmm. moving back home with her son, Tyler. Um, She had just left her husband. She decided to move back and start working at the shop again. So her parents built a loft style apartment next to the shop for Sue and Tyler. And naturally Travis and Tyler became playmates. Um, What kid wouldn't think it's cool to play with a chimp every day? Right. For sure. How old old was Tyler? Uh, I'm not sure how old he was at this time, but Travis started to get like a little protective of Tyler um, so this is kind of where we start seeing a little bit of a change with Travis. Now, remember Sharla, Sandy's best friend that she met while on tour with the rodeo? Um, they were still insanely close, but Sharla lived quite a ways away, so she wasn't always around. And Sharla ended up making a trip to see Sandy at the shop having her daughter Brianna in tow. And Travis was still pretty small at this time. He was still drinking from a bottle and Charlotte was just shocked to see Travis. Um, Sandy hadn't mentioned that she had moved a chimp into the family, which I feel like that's a pretty.
0: I mean, after best friends, quote unquote.
1: Exactly. So. Sandy was so proud and excited that Charlotte and Brianna met Travis that she wanted to remember the moment. And so she asked them to take a picture. And um, in the photo, you can see Travis sitting with Charlotte and Brianna playing with Brianna's hair.
0: Shit's about to get crazy. I'm ready.
1: (laughs) So when Travis was a little bigger and a little older, Charlotte decided to visit with Sandy again. But when Travis saw Charlotte, it wasn't the same kind of visit it was when they first met. Travis saw Charlotte jump down from a tree he was swinging in right onto her back and then started ripping out her hair. So Charlotte was obviously upset by this. Who wouldn't be? I'd be pretty pissed. But Sandy thought it was funny and just laughed it off as Travis was just playing with Charlotte.
0: That's messed up. Yeah.
1: So even despite Travis getting very protective with Tyler and then pulling out Charlotte's hair, Travis was seen as nothing more than a sweet, loving part of the family. He became a mascot of sorts for the towing business. When doing advertisements for the business, they would have Travis pose for photos or ads with the tow trucks. He would even jump in the tow truck and go along for service calls. Imagine that. Your car broke down on the side of the road and a chip drives up. So Travis was pretty much becoming like a celebrity in the town of Stamford. So much so that when he was seen riding around in the truck, people would stop the heralds and ask if they could take a picture with him. Some people even had Travis hold their babies for photos. Oh my god. Yep. And Travis loved every minute of it. He loved meeting new people and his favorite people were police officers. I cannot believe people
0: they're babies. They're babies. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even let, like, a, a human stranger hold my baby, let alone a, a, a chimpanzee stranger. stranger the fuck?
1: Yep. So the police officers loved him just as much back. Uh, they were his favorite people to see, and he had a photo with nearly every officer that was on the force in Stanford. Everyone loved Travis, and everyone felt comfortable and content with him. So in 2000, when Travis was five years old, Sue met someone and got married again. Her and Tyler and her new husband moved to North Carolina, where her husband opened his own business. And once again, Sandy was just absolutely heartbroken that she lost her daughter again. That in her eyes, she felt like she lost her daughter. Um, it was even more heartbreaking now because she had a grandson and then two, two more grandchildren Later on that Sue had with her new husband um, and she was so far away from them. She also did not like that, like her daughter's husband at all. And she blamed him for taking Sue away, which to me sounds more like Sandy has a problem than they're actually being. It's like a Sandy problem more than the guy is actually doing anything wrong. Yeah, Yeah. But we don't know. So the relationship between Sue and Sandy was borderline codependent, despite her starting her new life with her new husband and her new kids. Uh, She called her mother every single day and started sending her letters regularly during the week. And whenever Sandy would receive a letter, she would read them out loud to Jerry. And then she would take the letter and put it in plastic so that she could keep the letter forever. So Sandy was like obsessively sending Sue and her kids her grandkids, um, gifts, money, anything else that they could possibly need. So I'm very close with my mom. I talk to my mom on a regular basis. You're close with your mom. Mm-hmm. You're close with your mom, Jay. This is like obsessive. <laughs> this is like codependency, toxic, not good, bad. So Sue was missing her mom so much that she was now regularly making the 10-hour drive from Outer Banks, North Carolina, where her and her husband and her kids all lived, where he started his new business, she would drive back home to Stanford, Connecticut. And this was happening, like, several times a month that she was making these 10-hour drives. Um, during one of the trips, she took her infant daughter with her, and she started having, like, really bad back pain along the way, so she decided to take a Percocet. And obviously, you should not be taking that while driving, especially long distances. And <laughs> live it on the edge. For real. Either she dozed off or was like impaired while she was driving. Something happened, but she veered off the road and she hit a three.
0: Oh, oh. Luckily. With her baby?
1: Yes, with her infant Jeez. daughter. Luckily, her baby was fine. She wasn't harmed. Um, but Sue was thrown from the vehicle and died due to her injuries. Oh, oh my
0: God. Yes.
1: So. Naturally, Sandy was a com- at a complete and total loss of her only child, her daughter. During the funeral, though, she took kind of a weird turn. Um, when she saw her daughter's husband, she started screaming at him and going absolutely belligerent, saying, there's that bastard. If it wasn't for him, my daughter would be alive. Yeah, she like completely manipulated the situation, blamed the entire accident on him. Once again, was the guy a bad guy?
0: Was he fine? And was he like feeding her Percocets? She didn't really know what, you know?
1: No, I think she took the Percocet on her own, but it's like Sandy's just pulling this out of thin air because she needs somebody to point a finger at. Um, After the loss of her only child, Sandy's already fragile mental state spiraled. She lost all contact with her grandchildren. Um, she lost the vast majority of her friends and she became like severely depressed and borderline suicidal. The only thing that she was willing to do was spend every single day alongside Jerry and Travis, even more obsessed with them than she had been before the accident. So with the death of Sue, Jerry and Sandy started to get way more lenient with Travis and his behaviors. It wasn't uncommon for Jerry to have a glass of wine as he watched TV and was getting settled into bed. And one night, Travis was curious about what Jerry was drinking. So he let Travis have a sip and then the sip turned into a full glass. And then it turned into Travis enjoying a glass of wine right alongside Jerry every night on the regular, like two
0: best buds. This is so weird. This is like some Twilight Zone shit.
1: <laughs> Once Sandy decided to start going back out into the world, of course, she brought Travis with her. And now before her world was turned upside down, Sandy would take Travis, but she would often have him on a leash and harness system, kind of like, you know, you, you would have for your dog. Mm-hmm, smart. Um, And she would take her dog and Travis out together. But now Travis wasn't wearing a harness And he was the one that was walking the dog. (laughs) So they were treating him more like a human more and more every single day. Mm -hmm. So in October of 2003, Sandy, Jerry and Travis decided to make um, a trip to get something at the automotive shop. And when Travis rode in the car, he sat in the seat. He buckled himself in, just like a person would. He knew how to buckle himself in and out of the seat. He knew how to open the doors. He knew how to roll down the windows, um, et cetera. So during the trip, Travis had the window rolled down, just enjoying a nice ride in the car like anybody would, right? Um, but while stopped at an intersection, someone walking past threw an empty bottle into the window at Travis. Dick yeah that's pretty messed up in my opinion Mm -hmm. and travis didn't really react angrily but he grunted a little bit then opened the car door and jumped at the person (laughs) um it was said that he did this in like a playful manner but i don't know it sounds like a little suspect to me they thought it was
0: like a game he was playing a game with him um either way it's inappropriate on both ends yes exactly uh then
1: Travis started rolling around on the ground, which made the people walking past stop and laugh. And then more and more people started gathering and enjoying this little show that Travis was putting and on. He just
0: by himself. Rolling around on the ground. That is <sighs> okay. Sorry. Yeah.
1: So cars started honking at him. And, of course, Travis was just loving all this attention. So he started climbing on top of the cars, chasing after people, thinking all of this was a big, fun game. Um, Traffic started to get really congested. So police came. And if you remember, Travis loved cops. That was his favorite people. So he ran over to them, started, started climbing all over them. He started grabbing and patting at their butts. And then he would run off like wanting them to chase him. Mm-hmm. And um, it turned into this big escapade of he would get back in the Herald's vehicle and when the police would start to go over to talk to Jerry and Sandy and Travis about what was going on, he would jump out the other side of the car and then it would start this whole thing over again of them oh running God. around.
0: Roll the windows up and lock the fucking doors. What the... Yeah, for whatever
1: reason, they couldn't keep Travis mm-hmm. in the vehicle long enough to lock him inside. Mm-hmm. For two hours, police, Jerry and Sandy, and bystanders even, were chasing Travis around this heavily trafficked and now backed up intersection. Eventually, Travis got bored or tired, whatever the reason, got back into the vehicle for good, and the police report from the situation stated, Travis was just being playful the entire time. Like, there was no... We're a little concerned that he's just,
0: there's no way to stop him. Right, because you can't look at it like, okay, this is like a seven-year-old boy who's just running away, doesn't understand what he's doing. This is a wild animal who is starting to act more on instinct than on, like, human logic, because he doesn't have human logic.
1: Yep. Oh my gosh! So the State Department of Environmental Protection caught wind of the situation with Travis, and they discovered that Sandy and Jerry were in violation of a law that had recently come into effect. Since Travis weighed more than fifty pounds, Jerry and Sandy had to have a permit to be able to keep and care for him. They kind of got grandfathered in because at the time they got Travis, this law wasn't in place.
0: Right. Mm
1: -hmm. Um. Now, at this time, Travis was nearly 200 pounds. He was overweight. But since Travis was considered a local celebrity, they kind of let it go. They didn't charge them for the violation. And then the local animal control officer was extremely concerned about what Travis was capable of, though. So she sat Sandy down and stressed to her that Travis was a full-grown chimpanzee. He was overweight. Mm -hmm. Um, And not only that, he was Completely sexualized was the term they used, which means that he was an animal ready to get busy. And that's oh, what he would be okay. wanting to do. He's sexually mature. Basically. Yes. Yeah. So in the wild, chimpanzees have sex up to 50 times a day. What? And I put in here, pause while Jeremy makes a lewd comment.
2: Oh, my God. I want to be a chimpanzee. Me, too. <laughs> Here we go.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. You just
2: run around, find a red butt, <laughs> and move on to the next red butt.
0: Uh-uh.
1: <laughs> so at this point, Travis had incredible strength and can unexpectedly lash out. And with the lifespan of chimps being pretty long, there was no way that Sandy and Jerry would be able to take care of him until he died or they died, they would have to send him to a sanctuary. Regardless of what the animal control officer said, though, Sandy still believed that Travis was just totally fine, Mm -hmm. that he had never hurt anyone, he never got upset or frustrated, that he was always just gentle and loving. So whether it be out of secret fear that Travis would hurt someone or their fear of getting in trouble with the law and Travis being taken, Sandy and Jerry stopped taking Travis out into public. Okay. They started spending more and more time at home, and now the situation with Travis running around the intersection was after the incident that happened with his mother, Susie, and her escaping, then getting shot. Um, When that happened, Connie had called Sandy and told her about it, but Sandy kept it a secret. She didn't tell anybody about Susie and the other two chimps getting out.
0: Okay, so that was at a separate location, so Travis was definitely not... no.
1: Travis was in Connecticut. His mm-hmm. mom was still in Festus, Missouri.
0: Right. Okay. So they're okay. two
1: totally, but they're, that was his mother.
0: So, like, it was like homeward bound. She's looking for him. <laughs> something. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, by 2005, Jerry started getting really sick. In March of 2005, while he was at the shop, he asked an employee to take him to the hospital. And Sandy met him there and they ran a bunch of tests. And when the test came back, Jerry was diagnosed with stomach cancer. Jerry ended up staying in the hospital with Sandy right by his side the whole time, all while Travis was left at home. Now, they had taken Travis out a lot, then they started after the incident. Stop reading.
0: <laughs> Sorry, right, your one sense it sounded like Jerry was in the hospital with Sandy. This No, Sandy was yeah. by his side. Sorry, so I'm trying was to understand. Um, I'm not reading ahead, I promise.
1: <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, Travis was by himself. They were there with each other all the time. Now he's being left alone. And he and Jerry were very, very close. And he couldn't understand why Jerry was gone all the time. And Sandy was gone most of the time. Mm -hmm. So when Sandy was home, she would call Jerry and let Travis hear his voice, which sounds like it would make things better, but it didn't. Mm -mm. It just upset Travis even more because he couldn't understand.
0: Yeah. Like, where's that coming from? Yes. Yeah. Jerry's gone.
2: Yeah, he's drinking a bottle of wine by himself every night. Come on, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I'm right. He's like, son of a bitch. He's not home. I crack this bottle open. I'll wait. He'll get here. I'll leave him a glass. He's supposed to got a glass out and set a new spot
1: for my homies who couldn't make it back. <laughs> Travis started becoming really depressed. He would spend hours upon hours just rocking back and forth. Just sitting in the same spot rocking back and forth. Um, he would wait for Jerry to come back. He started taking pictures of Jerry off the wall and just hugging them and rocking back and forth.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, because I mean, don't they live in like communities? So it's not just mom and dad, it's aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters and cousins and
1: yeah, there's usually an alpha male and then a couple of like right. other males, and then so like if
0: you lose your dad, you've got a huge community around you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: I'm pretty sure they have like funerals yeah, too. So by the end of March, Jerry wasn't getting any better. And when Sandy came to visit him, he begged Sandy that if something happened to him, that she would send Travis to a sanctuary because he was certain that she would not be able to handle Travis mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. And then on April 12th of 2005, Jerry did pass away from stomach cancer. So Sandy was already in an extremely fragile mental state. And then the passing of Jerry just completely sent her over the edge. Um, Sandy dove headfirst into a deep depression. She cut all ties from the few people she still had contact with. She stayed home all day, every day, and Travis was right there alongside with her. Um, Each night, Travis would wait up for Jerry, thinking that he would be back, and they would share some wine uh, over some baseball, their favorite sport. And he would sit in the window and look out making – what Sandy called happy noises. I don't know what those,
0: I'm assuming like, you know. (laughs) Wow. I think you're dead on right with with those noises. His
2: happy noises are totally different than mine.
1: (laughs) Sandy would cry, Travis would hug and counsel her and he would rub her hair and then Sandy ended up reaching out to a psychic and the psychic stated that Travis was sitting in the window because Jerry was visiting him. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So after Jerry died, Sandy set up a trust fund for Travis in fear that something would happen to her,
0: and Travis wouldn't be able to be taken care of. Oh, my God. He would go to a sanctuary where he belongs. She
1: wrote a letter to a chimpanzee sanctuary in Florida saying that she was going down for a meeting and would like to... Talk to them about Travis, hoping that they would be able to take him nice. inside the letter. She signed Sandy, Jerry, and Travis with a check for 250 bucks, which she was a millionaire. Like, I'm not trying to be like,
0: just like earnest money. I mean, yeah.
1: Was this like, you're trying to convince them with this donation? Like, is that going to sway them? Um, and she also put in several family photos of her, Jerry and Travis. Uh, but she never mailed the letter and she never visited the sanctuary. Oh, okay. In 2009, Sharla, Sandy's long-term best friend, allegedly, moved to Samford with her 12-year-old daughter. So Sharla and her daughter had been going through it for a while now. Sharla um, was working several jobs trying to make ends meet um, and to take care of her kids. She was like a night cleaner. She was um, cleaning out. Horse stalls, like on top of her regular job. Um, so Charlotte was doing everything she could to make it, but it's she still wasn't able to. And a year before she moved to Stanford, the two had been living in a homeless shelter. Oh no, yeah. So Charlotte decided to reach out to the one person that she knew would have her back, which was Sandy. And of course, Sandy wanted to help her best friend. So she and
0: that would give her humans in her home. She's very dependent. Wow. So,
1: yes, she got a hold of Sandy and she offered the loft apartment that Susie had once lived in to Charlotte and her daughter Mm -hmm. completely rent free. So they packed up and they moved into the loft. But Charlotte didn't want to live there without helping Sandy in some way. So she began helping around the house um, since Sandy was now alone. And she also began working at the shop to keep it going. She started doing the bookkeeping. So Charlotte would occasionally watch Travis when Sandy needed her to, but she was terrified of him. He was huge. She didn't want to be left alone with Travis. She had already been attacked by him. You know, she didn't feel comfortable, but Sandy was gone quite a bit and she started obsessively shopping, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars at discount retail places like TJ Maxx specifically. Don't blame her. Love TJ Maxx.
0: Seriously.
1: <laughs> she loved buying new clothes. That was like her thing that she always had was new clothes. So much so that she would buy clothes, put them in plastic rubber-made containers, and then would never open the bins again. Like the the clothes just would sit there with the tags on in all of these bins. And uh she kind of just got like a rush or a high from buying them. Every room in her house. Now, she's a millionaire, so she's probably got a very large house. She owns a monkey, for God's sakes. Like, she's probably... It has its own wing. Yeah. Uh, every room in her house started filling up with these bins. You could barely move around her house. The only place that didn't have any bins was Travis's suite and wing of the house. So that's where she would spend most of her time and where she would have people visit like when they came over to her house they would go to travis's room
0: that's crazy so she wasn't even wearing stuff she's just throwing it in bins and stacking it yep crazy
1: crazy crazy eventually sandy hired a construction crew to come in and build onto the area where travis lived and now travis was about 13 years old and he was a big boy he was five foot tall and now he weighed a whopping 240 pounds So he needed way more space than he started out with, especially since they were spending most of their time at home, specifically him spending most of his time at home. And since they were spending so much time at home, Travis's health was not great. If you remember at the beginning of the story, I told you that chimps should weigh about 100 pounds, like they shouldn't go over that. Um, And he was nearly 100 pounds or 140 pounds. He was nearly now 100 pounds over that. Uh, that was due to him being severely overweight from being overfed. He had a receding hairline, hmm. his face was wrinkled, and he was graying. And he was only 13. And although m- mature for, a mature adult for a chimp. Right, like middle-aged or a little less. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, they can get to, to be 60 years old. This mm-hmm. is still like, he's still kind of a teenager. He shouldn't be having a receding hairline, for Christ's sakes. Right. Um so drinking all that alcohol due to
0: That's
1: you. <laughs> right wine. And he spent most of his days watching TV, playing video games, or just walking around the house play doing nothing. Video games. Yeah. He liked to play computer games. Um, he was no longer going out, he was not playing outside, he was not exercising, he was just being a potato.
0: Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Uh- A Gen X teenager right now? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No offense. Full offense. No, I'm just kidding. Uh,
1: Before Jerry's passing, Sandy had gotten Travis a cat that was named Misty. And the cat made him happy. She was his companion. But with Jerry, uh, Jerry being gone, not even Misty could make Travis happy. So on February 16th, 2009... Sandy, who was 70 years old, and Charlotte who was 55 years old, had gotten back from a vacation. Um, they went to a casino in Connecticut, and now Sandy paid for the entire trip. She made sure Sharla had her hair done and looked her best before they went. She gave her gambling money. She wined and dined her the entire time. And during dinner on the last night of their trip, Sandy started showing the waiter pictures of Travis. And... She was very proud of him. Why are we laughing? I went, you are talking about her whining died here, and I went, oh, actually, <laughs> uh, she was very proud of Travis. Remember, this chimp was essentially her child, and now she was the only family that Sandy had. And it's not outright said, but I think Charlotte was kind of getting annoyed with it at this point. Hmm. When the two got back from their vacation, Sandy walked into Travis's room and it was a mess. It was in desperate need of cleaning since she had left. Um, She noticed Travis was getting irritated and upset because of the state of his place. So she knew it needed to be cleaned up as soon as possible. But she had made plans to meet up with a different friend that night that she couldn't. So she couldn't get to cleaning. Um. She tried to calm Travis down. She tried to keep him busy. She turned on all of the TVs in the house, but Travis didn't care. She tried to get him to play with Misty. He wanted nothing to do with her. Sandy tried to get him to play with toys, to draw, to look at books. Nothing satisfied Travis. So Travis was extremely depressed and anxious. Um, So the vet prescribed him Xanax. (laughs)
0: i mean they give the dogs xanax and shit too yes
1: but sandy decided that she was going to put xanax in his afternoon tea it didn't help any travis took sandy's keys off the counter then went outside into the yard and then he started jumping from one car to another and this was kind of travis's way of asking to go for a car ride which he hadn't done in a really long time because he was pretty much just staying at home all the time now but sandy didn't want to take him with her you know, she didn't want to deal with all of that. She's 70 years old, for Christ's sakes. And uh, Sandy... It's a like complete lifestyle
0: change. That's... Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So Sandy proceeded to call Charlotte and told her that Travis seemed really upset and he was refusing to get inside. And Charlotte agreed that she would come over and help her friend get Travis back into the house so that Sandy could leave. When Charlotte got to the house at 3.40 in the afternoon, she pulled up to the house Uh, she had brought Travis a gift that she knew he would love. It was a tickle me Elmo toy. (laughs) When she got out of the vehicle, she held out the toy, hoping it would convince him to come with her. But Charlotte had just recently dyed her hair. And this is a key point that we need to remember. Um, she was more or less a stranger to Travis because once again, he is just an animal. He's just an animal. Her car was about 35 feet away, and when Travis saw her step out with the toy, he began charging towards her. Like, she couldn't even barely get out of the car, like, as she was doing this. And when he got to her, he jumped up, and they both flew against the car, and then Charlotte and Travis fell onto the ground. Charlotte began pleading with Travis that she was his friend, Charlotte, like, but Travis didn't listen. And within seconds, Charlotte was covered in blood. So Sandy was inside the house when Charlotte arrived so she wasn't able to see what exactly had gone on. but once she heard Charlotte's screams, she ran out of the door towards them. She got to Travis and Charlotte and started hitting Travis Travis in the head with a snow shovel uh, hoping that this would make him quit, but he just would not stop. He kept attacking Charlotte, ripping the flesh off of her face and her chest and eating it.
0: Oh, my God. I remember this story. Yeah. This was the really famous one. Yes. But, oh, my God. The, with the audio recording, isn't it? Yes.
1: Oh, no. At a complete loss, Sandy ran back inside to find some way to defend Sharla. So she went to the kitchen and grabbed a butcher knife. Sandy stabbed Travis in the back, literally, and he didn't even notice. She stabbed him two more times, and once again, it didn't even phase him. Sandy gives up trying to get him to stop by stabbing him and then begins trying to push and pull him off of Charla. After a while, he notices Sandy. He begins to get up off of Charla, turns around to look at Sandy, and then just went right back to attacking Charla. Didn't it was it was the weirdest thing. So hmm. Sandy decided that the only thing she had left to do was flee the situation and get help. She ran to her car. She locked herself inside and called 911. And in the call, you can hear the stress of the situation. Um, Sandy can barely get any words out. And in the background, you can hear Travis screaming. Sandy also says that she believes Charlotte is dead and an officer needs to get there as soon as possible with a gun. And I'm gonna go ahead and send this clip over to Jay and have him play it. In play the 911 call. So if you're sensitive to hearing those, go ahead and skip about 15, 20 seconds.
0: Is that as long as the long it is? All the long I, yeah, I don't it think it's or... very long. The police... a problem there? The ship killed my. My friend! What's the problem with your friend? I need to know. The police stop! With a gun! With a gun! He ripped her face off! He ripped her face off? He tried to attack me! Please! Please! Okay, hurry. I need you to calm down a little bit. They're on the way. Please! Hurry up! He's killing my girlfriend! 241 Rock Freeman Road, they're saying someone has a gun trying to kill somebody. Hurry up! They're on the way, but I need you to give me more information. Who's doing this? Please with guns! Who has the guns? Now bring the guns! You've got to kill a simp! What's the problem there? Hurry up! I need you to talk to me. I need you to calm down. Why do you need somebody there? What? Please
1: Gus! (laughs) What is the problem?
0: He's killing my friend! Who's killing your friend? My chimpanzee! He's dead! He's dead. Why, why are you saying that she's dead? He's dead. He ripped apart. He ripped one apart, her face?
1: When the officer got there, Travis had abandoned Charlotte's body. And I'm going to get pretty graphic here. Oh, Lord. So, content warning. It's bad. It's real bad. Uh, Charlotte's skin was ripped off of her face and chest. Her scalp was torn back. Her eyelids were ripped off. Travis had ripped and thrown her fingers from her hands. What? Pulled out her teeth and thrown them. And her hands were almost completely missing. Oh, my God. When the officer went back to the police car to dispatch for help, Travis wandered up and started trying to yank open the doors of his cop car. He finally got one of the doors open and just stared at the cop that was sitting inside. And it had to look like a nightmare because Travis was covered from head to toe in Charlotte's blood.
0: Right. Oh my God.
1: The cop pulled out his gun and shot Travis four times. And Travis stumbled back, defecated on himself and screamed this guttural scream. And then he ran. And when the officer saw Travis take off, he went back to see if Charlotte was still alive. And somehow she was, when he approached her, she moved her arm towards the officer for help to be like, I'm not dead. Here I am. yeah. Yeah. Once the other officers arrived, they began their search for Travis, which was, wasn't was hard um, because he left a trail of blood for them to follow. And Travis had gone back into his home, went back into his room, and that's where they found him collapsed. And he had died from loss of blood due to the gunshot wounds, which is really sad and heartbreaking that he went back to his own room.
0: Yeah, he, he had a moment of insanity. He's not a human. Like, he doesn't understand Yes. I mean yes.
1: So before the scene was even secure, first responders went to Charla's aid and they by risking their own lives, they saved hers. Charla miraculously survived this attack. And once again, if you're sensitive to gory details, go ahead and skip a little bit forward because it's gonna get gnarly. Um, Travis had completely broken Charla's face. Nearly every single bone was shattered or gone. Her eyelids were ripped off or chewed off, they weren't sure, um, along with her lips and her nose. Her jaw was dislocated and nearly ripped off. Her scalp was almost completely gone, and her brain was exposed, and she had brain damage. Um, one of her hands was ripped off, and the other was nearly gone, and first responders said it looked like her arms had gone through a meat grinder. Charla um, lost half of the blood in her body.
0: I was gonna ask, how the fuck did she survive? Yeah. Um,
1: she ended up contracting a disease from Travis when he was eating and getting Mm -hmm. at her eyes. So, um, this forced the doctors to have to remove her eyeballs, leaving her blind. And when she arrived at the hospital, she was completely conscious and awake. Nobody understood how she was still. Oh my God. Still chugging along.
0: How was she not like screaming in agony, but you would probably almost be in shock. Oh yeah. She had to be. Yeah. Um,
1: The first day she was there, she spent seven hours in surgery, led by four different teams of surgeons trying to save what they could of her. Uh, Surgeons were able to reattach and set her jaw and also the thumb on her right hand. During surgery, they had found Travis's hair in her body and one of his teeth was lodged into her bone. Jesus Christ. After three days in the hospital, Charlotte was airlifted to a bigger hospital in Cleveland, Ohio, where she stayed for 16 months. Obviously, she couldn't see, she couldn't smell, she struggled to breathe, even through her mouth. Part of her thigh was used to reconstruct her mouth so that she could breathe and try to speak. Um, She could eat, but she could only eat through a straw. In March of 2009, Charlotte's family filed a $50 million lawsuit against Sandy. Fuck yeah. A toxicology test came back that said Travis had had Xanax in his system at the time of the attack. Um, In humans, Xanax can cause bursts of aggression, mania, outbursts. So it's definitely possible that Xanax didn't help Travis in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, He already was going through his sexual maturity kind of thing, which makes them aggressive. Like a
0: teenager, like hormonal. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: Um. They were also trying to put the blame on the doctor who prescribed the Xanax, the State Department of Environmental Safety for not forcing them to get a permit, and the city of Stanford, because everybody in Stanford knew.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's everybody's a little at fault, for sure.
1: Yep. On May 6, 2009, a judge fro- froze all of Sandy's assets. So our business, everything she had. In November of 2009, Oprah Winfrey went to the Cleveland Clinic where Charlotte was staying to meet her on her 56th birthday. Her story was covered on the show, and this was the first time that the public saw Sharla, who wore a veil to help cover her face. Uh, during the interview, Sharla stated that she felt like there were just layers of gauze all over her face and that she didn't have a face anymore. Uh, she also said she wore the veil because she didn't want to scare anyone with how she looked. That's really sad. was really sad. Um, but because of the tabloids and how much they would pay uh for these amounts of of money if they got a picture of her Mm -hmm. um she was also wearing the veil for that and there was even an armed guard that sat outside of her room to protect her from unwanted guests and visitors right because she didn't want to to take her
0: yeah
1: yep in may of 2010 charlotte moved out of the hospital and into an assisted living facility because she needed around-the-clock care Her family set up a trust fund to help take care of her and her ever-growing medical bills. Uh, Those involved during the attack weren't the only victims. The event was so traumatic for the first responders, the hospital staff, and the officers that some went on to get therapy and treatment due to what they had witnessed. Um, The officer that shot and killed Travis was shockingly denied coverage for the depression and anxiety that he faced after the situation. Police department? Insurance? Yep. That is
0: bullshit.
1: Yep. So while all of this was going on, the Internet was going crazy with rumors because this was, you know, one of the the start of big viral situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, accusations started flying that Travis was the same chimp that was in the old Navy commercials from the 90s. I don't know if you I guys remember those. this. Yeah. Um, that he was the chimp that was featured on the man show that he was on the Maury Povich. Any famous chimp. Yeah. Any famous chimp. It would be like, can you believe the chimp that was in those commercials ripped off a lady's face? Mm -hmm. Like that kind of situation. Um, The New York post even ran a headline saying that Sandy and Travis had a romantic and sexual
0: relationship. Who, Who did that? The New York post. Oh yeah. They're a little sketchy. Yeah. I do like looking at the New York post. it's questionable yeah yeah.
1: (laughs) obviously none of this was true Mm -hmm. when sandy went to the crematorium to see travis's body one last time she brought his favorite shirt so that he could wear it when he got cremated um and when they took her in the back to see him no one had told her that they had decapitated travis to check for rabies (gasps) and this just destroyed sandy um she had to see what was basically her son decapitated, you know, and when she left, she didn't leave the house for weeks. And reporters would just sit outside of her house waiting for her to get
0: everybody. She lost her daughter. And then her husband, like, that's really sad. She had no contact with her grandchildren. Now she lost her best friend
1: and her son, quote unquote. So this entire situation pretty much, um, made sandy go off the deep end she didn't clean travis's blood uh out of his room she took a giant stuffed chimp that she had and put it in travis's favorite overstuffed chair she started calling everyone she knew and sobbing to them saying that she can't believe people think that she doesn't care about Charlotte or care about their friendship um when she started to go back into the public again she went to the casinos um went on her shopping excursions and eventually she just gave up on all her friendships and relationships that she had with others she started um they lived in the woods i don't know if you remember the big oak trees but she started feeding all the wildlife that lived in the woods around her and just stayed as secluded as she could but she did find another chimp though of course his name was chance and he lived in a mobile home with his owner in another state and although he couldn't come and live with her, she sponsored him and his owner so that she could, he could live the same kind of life that she wanted to give to Travis, even though he was no longer there. So Sandy would visit Chance um, and when he was a year old, and she played with him for hours and hours and hours. So May of 2010, Sandy called a friend and complained that she was having severe chest pains, and the friend called 911, and an ambulance picked up Sandy and took her to the hospital. She was rushed into surgery because they discovered that Sandy had a ruptured aortic aneurysm, but Sandy died on the operating table on May 4th of 2010. So Sandy's attorney released a statement saying that Sandy had multiple tragedies in her life, and she had broken her heart one too many times, which is sad. It's true uh sandy is buried next to jerry and on either side of her lay the remains of her daughter and travis so there was an insane rumor after sandy's death that started floating around who knows where the source is Mm -hmm. um saying that she hid over eighty thousand dollars somewhere inside of her home so within the first month of her death her home Hmm. had been broken into on five separate occasions people ransacking and rummaging looking for this money Charlotte's lawsuit against Sandy was settled with her estate where she was able to get four million dollars out of the God. 50 million she was. But that's probably like covers her medical bills.
0: Right. But I mean, like, low key, if if Sandy had not passed away, she never would have saw any money. No. So it's kind of the timing was boom, 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 you know?
1: Yeah. Charlotte then sued the state of Connecticut for the attack, but it was denied because during the time of the attack, there were no laws against owning a chimpanzee, only that you have to have a permit.
0: That they oh, didn't have
1: babies.
0: though. Yeah. So that's still the state's
1: fault for allowing it to go on that long. Yep. Uh the Senate tried to pass a bill to outlaw the ownership of monkeys, chimps, and great apes, but nothing ever became of the bill.
0: I just I kind don't of don't understand.
1: While Charlotte was still in recovery in June of 2010, Charlotte began to attempt to become a candidate for a full face transplant. She had originally tried to qualify for a hand transplant also, but couldn't because she was blind. For some reason. I don't know why, Like you're that. blind. You
0: don't need your hand. You don't need
1: fresh hands it's essentially, it's kind of shitty. but they did say that if she got the hands and the face from the same person that she would be able to qualify for both. Um, so this would cause her to be the first face and double hand transplant recipient. Charlotte arrived at Brigham and women's hospital, which was a Harvard teaching hospital and the uh, pro- Harvard
0: what? teaching hospital teaching <laughs> hospital okay
1: the prep took a year and in may of 2011 she was matched with a donor the surgery took nearly 20 hours and went incredibly well the entire transplant including the forehead nasal structure lips then all the muscles and nerves so it was like all, all, all t- separate
0: they kind of gritted out kind of i don't know how it goes
1: hmm. i'm not a doctor very do it
0: interesting
1: so this was the hospital's third full face transplant by the same doctor After the surgery, Charlotte developed pneumonia and during her sickness, it caused poor circulation. Her hands sadly weren't able to survive the transplant. So, um, but. She did get her new face. Her face was fine. Charlotte Charlo was able to get moderately back to normal. She was able to smell again. She could eat. She could speak. Um, she could kiss. And compared to what her face originally looked like after the attack, she looked more like a regular person. Mm-hmm. Uh, she no longer wore the veil to hide her disfigurements. So it's nice. Yeah. It
0: does suck though, because you said they got one of her thumbs reattached, and she probably had to take that off to try the hand transplant. Yeah. And then if that since that failed, it's like, damn. Yeah. That kind of sucks.
1: Charlotte did suffer some brain damage. So she had to go through long-term therapy, including speech therapy, physical therapy, facial therapy, all in a care home. But she was still able to speak out about her experience in Washington, D.C. in support of the Primate Safety Act. Charlotte now lives a fairly normal life. She does have an aide that comes and helps her with tasks that she's unable to complete fully on her own. (laughs) Shut up. But on weekends, she's completely alone and by herself and can take care of herself. Yeah, she's al- also able to leave her house unassisted. So Charlotte wants to be able to ride horses again. Um, and she really hopes that she could qualify for the hand transplants again, that the whole her being blind thing doesn't right. matter so much. Right mm-hmm. But she's mostly hopeful that she can get um, robotic prosthetics.
0: Yeah, that would almost be, you know, better than to try something that already kind of didn't take. Yeah interesting yeah
1: so what are your thoughts on this story and what are your thoughts on exotic pet ownership
0: 50 times a day <laughs> <laughs> back to that that <laughs> is <laughs> a lot that's a lot that's a lot About a week a day a day how is that even possible
2: drink <laughs> lots of fluids
0: once every half an hour <laughs>
2: jesus <laughs> Once every half an hour. It's a lot. How long could you go like that? How long did they do that? I mean, was that just like a mating season where it'd be like maybe a, a few days? Or is that like.
0: Well, I think it's just up to that many times. Right. Is that what you said? Up to 50 times. I don't know. Let's Google. Because I didn't put a lot of emphasis on that. I, you should have <laughs> known we were going to want more information. I, <laughs>
2: I mean, I would need a nap. I mean, somewhere, about some point in there.
0: Yeah. I Once think
2: every so. half an hour, I'm going to have to take a little snooze. I mean, can we just be a power nap, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes, and then get back in there. Just get right back in there. You that know what makes I mean?
0: sense. Yeah, why would they? They don't have a breeding season because they're like humans. They can fucking breed whenever they want. They so breed year round. They don't
2: have a mating season?
0: Nope. Chimpanzees
1: breed all year round whenever one of the females is in the troop comes into season. Female chimpy, chim- chim- Chimpanzees? Chimps have menstrual cycles very much like humans, and come into ostrich every thirty-six days unless they are pregnant.
2: Interesting. Um, you know,
0: I. My God, uh, what
1: males often commit violence against females or infant chimps in acts of sexual coercion. I'm not surprised.
2: Hey, when it all comes down to it, we're all just dudes.
0: Gross. they're 97 point whatever 99.7 matching male
1: chimpanzees prefer mating with old females so they like cougars
2: they like the cougars Then <laughs> i remember this story i remember when it happened
0: yeah yeah, yeah. i remember too
2: about halfway through there i'm like Hmm, and I looked it up on my phone. I was like, yeah, I remember. this." this. I did. I can't believe it took you that long to, to figure it out.
0: Well, I had a sneaking suspicion, especially when I heard the name Sharla. Right. I was like, that's mm, definitely that's it. That's
2: definitely it. Yeah, but I
0: couldn't remember the chimp having a specific name or anything like that, so I wasn't sure if I was just kind of imagining, imagining things. But I what- knew someone... I knew someone that lived in Florida I believe it was Florida and lived on like a, some sort of a sanctuary for chimps and the owner she like worked like on the property uh-huh. and the owner would like brought in TVs and would let them watch TV and stuff and she said when they, those TVs got taken away they were in Saying they would attack her, they were monkeys, they like smaller, mm-hmm. they would scratch the shit out of her. She had to quit, she was so scared. I believe it.
2: <clears throat> See, now then th- this brings up the point. When one of the questions that Alicia asked, would how do you feel about it? I don't know that I ever really wanted an exotic pet. I mean, I mean, quite honestly, a of
0: responsibility, yeah. it
2: is a ton of responsibility. And if you especially when you deal with, with dangerous, uh, you know, animals like chimps or you know, um. Uh, you know alligators or stuff like that you know stuff that's that's exotic that everybody would like oh i'd love to have one of this. i mean they're still an animal and they're still have that animalistic draw to them so i mean you're you know you're basically just playing the lotto waiting till
0: right when you're getting into that territory of larger and stronger than yourself mm-hmm. Yep. It's one thing to have, like, well, I guess a fox can probably fuck you up, too, like, with bites and stuff, but, you know, it's one thing to get, like, an exotic bird or something, you know, but something like a tiger or a chimp or anything like that, it's like, you can't, if they lash out, you can't do anything. Yep. You're you're a goner. Yeah.
1: Don't you remember the story of the man who got attacked by his bird?
0: Yeah, the ca- ca- cares. What kind of bird was it? Yeah. Cap- Cap- I don't remember. I don't remember. C- Castle Casaway Castle- Castle-way? Casaway. Oh
2: <laughs> my goodness! Uh, yeah, yeah. Even if you need that story, we you are can go on, back.
0: We're on point today. We've to done that us. a lot. <laughs> even wore the same shirt today. Yeah, on accident. Huh. I know. We all three match.
2: <laughs>
0: <clears throat> yeah, that's.
1: I just read something really awful. Um, so, male chimps. So the the female chimps can't breed while they have an infant.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So a lot of times, like if they're like nursing, so a lot of times uh, a male chimp will rip an infant chimp and eat it in front of the mom, so that she'll go back into heat.
0: Not messed up. They're awful. They're awful, awful critters. That is messed up, and it's not even like trying to continue and breed. You know, like breed bigger that's just like I saw one article said that it's 10 times a day that they bone yeah i think you said like up to 50 times 50 might be like one of the records like they've documented yeah but it's usually the females that are being
1: no that sleep with a bunch of males throughout the day
0: oh because they're in heat and they just like need to be pregnant Mm-hmm. God, I'm so glad that we're human. <laughs> I can't imagine wanting to like be pregnant and just being like, come on, it's fair game. <laughs> Did you know that 90% of duck sex is rape? Yeah. And they have corkscrew goodness and stuff. rape. Right? Didn't you just have someone send you a picture of that? Was that you? Mm-hmm. Oh, that, was someone, up with that was someone else. That was someone else. It might have been Stephanie, maybe. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was.
1: Mm-hmm. Ducktales. tails.
2: Hmm.
1: Duck dicks.
2: Alright. Alright,
1: yeah. right, well that's it for today. Share your opinions with us. We want to hear from you. You can reach out on our Facebook page over at our Instagram both by searching Murd nerds or through our email at MurdNerds at gmail.com um, and if you haven't yet, subscribe to us wherever you enjoy listening to our soothing voices if you're an apple or spotify listener be sure to rate and review if you like what you heard today and you want to support the podcast you can do so by going to link in our description you can donate a monthly 99 cents 4.99 or 9.99 towards murder nerds each penny goes right back into murder nerds goes back into the studio and not into our pockets so listen i know you wish you could listen to a new episode of murder nerds every single day but sadly we can't do that but to hold you off There's a slew of just as good, if not better, podcasts in the Golden Mojo Entertainment family of podcasts. Mondays is the Call Guys. Tuesdays is Golden Image Podcast. Wednesdays is the United States of Paranormal. Thursdays is Indiana Chiefs fans. And every other Friday is a Court of Books and Booze. you got your options, folks.
0: It's awesome.
1: It's awesome.
2: And don't forget to sign. What's that? Sorry, you go ahead. And don't forget to sign that petition to get Golden J on the logo.
0: Eye roll. (laughs) Heavy eye roll. (laughs) No, you know what I think is really cool is I was checking our um, streams this morning just from the one that we posted last night. And uh, we have a lot of people that listen like in the middle of the night or first thing in the morning. I know. It's weird. I'm pretty sure I checked it like 7 a.m. So it had only been posted for seven hours. And I mean, we had quite a few on there like.
1: I wonder if it's people oh, out of the 50.
0: country. That could be. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I just feel like everybody who listens to us is like someone that we know, yeah. which I know but is there's not. So many. It's not, not logical. Yeah, obviously. So many we don't hi people we don't know. Yeah. How are you? Hit us up. Hit us oh, up. Oh, they can't let see us. us,
1: see us. Know. Yeah. Let I'm us know. Faces. What is going on? Yeah, let us know who you are. We
0: want to know you. I want to be your friend, Jeremy.
2: Oh you know I love the, you I love reaching out to to all the listeners I love that emails so just don't be weird don't
0: be weird you can be <laughs> weird just
2: you be, weird be weird to, to Ashley don't be weird to, <laughs> to go Oh, we both idea. <laughs> what
0: would you say I said be weird to Jeremy he said be weird to Ashley oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: all righty but for now we love you we like you we're rooting for you we want to be your buddy we want to be your friend Mernam's out.
0: Peace. Bye. They can't see us. I keep forgetting. Bye. Bye.